This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Iron. The Arizona Cardinals select Tyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is... This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. All right, guys, welcome back to the Established Crafts Podcast, presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I'm your host, Blake Level. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, back from injured reserve. And uh, we're back here to uh, discuss uh, the action, well, most of the action, uh, from week five in the NFL. And yes, uh, we didn't have our usual picks last week, Dylan, but uh, you had uh, more important things to take care of. And had you been talking uh, while we were doing our picks, uh, may not have sounded so great. Yeah, no, definitely happy now at this point at least to have a lot of my dental uh, problems uh, solved. So, yeah, excited to actually talk about football and not be thinking about all that because, yeah, last week was definitely, uh, you know, it was a little bit of a whirlwind for me, but <laughs> feeling a bit better now. Well, one thing that it did ensure is that uh, we don't want you going through any, any dental issues, but it did ensure that my betting lock streak continued because – you know, we didn't actually make any betting locks, so uh, the streak <laughs> continues into week six. So uh, we will look at that. But we did make our picks, and we did this uh, online at Clutch Points, and so we're going to go through them, and we'll actually talk about our picks. So we'll just quickly throw them out there when we talk about these games uh, since we didn't actually bring them up you know, on the podcast. But uh, then let's start uh, with, uh, again, uh, normally we would go through our individual categories, but we're just going to basically go through all the games here uh, without breaking them down in any specific uh, you know, game of the week, betting locks, upsets, all that good stuff. So let's just roll through them. We'll quickly run through uh, the action from last Thursday as it was uh, the Bears beating the Bucks. Uh, we both picked the Bucks. Uh, full disclosure, uh, we I I was the one that was probably closer to picking the Bears, but uh, the Bears get it done. They're four and one. Everyone, of course, is talking about the fourth down uh, Tom Brady thing, but uh, overall, man. <laughs> I, these Thursday night games, we always talk about it. They produce some crazy results, and uh, it was a wild finish here in this one. Yeah, I really felt like, like you're saying, like a classic Thursday night game in terms of the Bears, man. How do they keep doing this? Uh, I <laughs> Just like know. every single week. <laughs> I, like, I, there's, I know some of the players have talked about disrespect, and I, I don't think there's – I don't know, man. Like, it's not disrespect to say that, you know, you've won – yes, you're 4-1, uh, and one, but all of your wins have been so close <laughs> by it's such weird – uh, you know, circumstances. This is one probably the most impressive opponent. I mean, easily the most impressive opponent they've beaten, considering the other three victories, obviously the week before that ugly, ugly game against the Colts. But hey, they found a way to get it done. And I was impressed with the defense's performance. I thought that, if, if anything, for a bright spot in terms of, you know, 
obviously the offense did enough to get it done. But I think if yeah. you're, uh, from a Bears fan perspective, you can take home looking at the, what the defense did, obviously all the sacks and the, the memes of Tom Brady uh, rolling his eyes and <laughs> or Cleo Mack laying on top of him. That's all great. But legitimately, they, they played a really good game. They bounced back after a kind of a tough start. Tampa early on jumped on them. But, hey, give the Bears credit. And as we talked about with their schedule, it's not like the most insane uh, you know collection of games. They do get the, the Rams coming up pretty soon. The Panthers are playing better and the Saints. So they, they have some tough opponents. But, hey, 4-1, you're, you're still <laughs> feeling pretty good about yourselves, especially with the way that some of the teams uh, that have made the playoffs last year are struggling in, in the NFC so far. Yeah, and especially their uh, divisional counterparts. Uh, look at the Vikings. So, yeah, yeah Bears uh, sitting in a nice spot here, 4-1, and one, uh, heading into Week 6. Rams at Washington. We both picked the Rams in this one, and the Rams – we're able to get it done. Um, I guess the, the biggest news from this is the quarterback change uh, in Washington. We went from mm-hmm. Dwayne Haskins to Kyle Allen and then Alex Smith uh, just and probably just all of a sudden back on the field here, uh, something we a lot of us probably weren't sure we'd ever see again, but uh, he gets back in the game in this one. But it really didn't matter a whole lot because the Rams uh, took care of business. Probably the type of game you wanted to see from the Rams. You go coast yeah. to coast here. You take care of business. Uh, we always have said that here on this podcast about good teams find a way just to, to win those kind of games and, and even win the games convincingly that they should mm-hmm. win convincingly. And uh, that's exactly what the Rams did here. Yeah, especially after last week where they had such a disappointing performance overall against the yeah. uh, against the Giants. The coming to this one, I mean, the, the final score didn't even really do justice to how much they dominated. The Washington had a, over, just over 100 yards, and I know – Obviously, it was a great story, and like that—that that is should be is the focus. Was Alex Smith looking completely fine? You would yeah. have not known uh, everything he went through if you didn't know the story about it all. So that was all fantastic. But his offensive line was getting crushed. Rams got pressure not just from obviously Aaron Donald racking up three sacks, but uh, as a unit, I was impressed with some of the younger guys off the edge uh, that performed pretty well. And then yeah, Washington's defense still you know going into this game still was ranking pretty high DVOA wise, and the Rams' offense still gets over 400 yards and looks so much better than a week ago. So yeah, really encouraging for that. Uh, they ran the ball okay, but I mean Goff and just everything part of that offense looked a lot better. They, the only sloppy thing, maybe again, they, they really dominated this game. They probably should have won by more than twenty, but hey, you'll take it. You're four and one, and uh, feeling pretty good going into next week again in San Francisco. Yep, for sure. And uh, we'll talk about the Forty ers where where they're at in a minute. Uh, you, you definitely feel a lot better mm-hmm. for the Rams right now based on uh, where the Niners are, but. Uh, Speaking of uh, rivalry games, uh, which that'll be there in the NFC West, the Steelers win their rivalry game against the Philadelphia Eagles, 38-29. Uh, Steelers still undefeated now at this point, and of course uh, they're 4-0 after they uh, didn't play the game. Uh, they got uh, pushed back there, but uh, they are 4-0 now, and you know, Dylan, this is a team that the defense is giving up points, but uh, it doesn't really matter right now because uh, the offense is finding a way to put up some points, and that's kind of been the name of the game against the Eagles. The Eagles weren't able to kind of build any momentum after that win against the Niners, um, and now mm-hmm. for the Steelers, here they are sitting right there, and, and quite frankly, what's looking like a pretty tough division uh, there in the AFC North. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really, really excited for their game against the Browns coming up. And But, yeah, focusing on this one, it's kind of been the story of their season so far. They keep winning. They keep putting up close to, you know, this one 38 points, but other games all, all just under 30 points. They're putting up points. They're not really 
blowing anyone out. Like the, the Giants kind of stuck around, the Broncos stuck around, the Texans, everyone. And the Eagles, I was kind of surprised with how they were able to uh, – they actually moved the ball decently well <laughs> this game, were really efficient on third downs. Made for a really exciting game. I know the Steelers had a bigger lead and kind of – uh, let the Eagles back into it. Obviously, the big uh, storyline, obviously, the, the rookie Trace Claypool, not just making history for a, a rookie in Steelers history, but also just for any Steeler players racking up four touchdowns. It's obviously really exhilarating to watch him. Uh, but, yeah, for Philadelphia, man, I would have been a huge win for them, obviously, given as we'll get down to the Dallas game. But, man, I you felt like they had an opportunity in this one. Pittsburgh, though, just – Again, too good at this point. I, I don't. I. It's really like you're saying. This division. There's three teams, obviously, that are. The Ravens are still clearly, I think, probably the best team. I know the Steelers are the one that's undefeated, but man, all three of them. It's going to be. I, I'm really excited for obviously the Week One Ravens Browns matchup. It's not too exciting. I think the rest of these games, though, like starting with Pittsburgh uh, Cleveland next week, they're going to be really, really fun, really intriguing games. Well, get this, the game that had the exact same score, that was the Cardinals at the Jets, and uh, we talk about teams uh, needing to, to, to get a convincing win. The Cardinals needed a convincing win pretty bad, and um, they they at least got that here, uh, a 20-point decision there. In New York, the Jets, the story continues. They're terrible. They're 0-5. Um, you know, I, Adam Gase still has a job. Uh, there's some other people that don't. We'll talk about that in a second, but... I mean, this was, you know, I'm not ready still yet to get back on the Cardinals bandwagon. I'm not mm-hmm. not where I was a couple of weeks ago with them, but um, this is at least, again, probably a good thing that they were able to win a game of this magnitude. They didn't, you know, this game was early. It was a little bit sloppy, and there were some times where you felt like the Cardinals kind of should have continued to put the, the foot on the gas a little bit and be able to do a little bit more than they did, but. What can you say? You can't be upset about a 20-point win in the NFL. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I, the bigger story, I think, is still the Jets. And you probably saw the the things about Adam Gase reacting to Le'Veon Bell, <laughs> liking tweets, criticizing uh, his lack of usage. Uh, and, and Adam Gase speaks out about it. Yeah. And you have reporters saying how that's ironic, given how he talks behind <laughs> players' backs about them. So what a year just, to pick Le'Veon Bell in fantasy. Who did that? Uh, not me. Not me. I, I, I did uh, in, our, in our work league, yes, I think. Yeah, I did in our yeah, I did in my family league, so there you go. <laughs> Luckily, Daryl Henderson's been playing pretty well for me. But, yeah, anyway, man, the Jets. Uh, it's like, yeah, like, like you said, for the Cardinals, still good to get another victory under the belt after losing a couple in a row after that hot start. But, I don't know what you really learned for them. Their schedule is going to get a lot tougher. We're going to learn a lot about them coming up. They get the Cowboys, Seahawks, the yeah. Dolphins, who might not be that easy of a game before uh, playing the Bills, the Seahawks again in the pack. So, man, it gets – and then the Rams. I mean, it's a it's a pretty tough slate after some pretty easy games to start this year. I know after they won those first two, kind of looked at that schedule and thought the Cards could start 5-0. and 3-2 and two still, if you told them that before the season, I'm sure they'd take it. Um, but, yeah, I don't really know, again, what you learned from this game. It was such a – it was just like, like you said, the Cardinals could have maybe blown it out more, but what are you really going to do? It was just, you're just trying not to get hurt on that field where all those 49er yeah. players in MetLife have been injured. So, yeah, for the Cardinals, like, you'll take it and move on to a really big game next week. Well, speaking of fantasy football, my man Henry Ruggs, who was on my bench yesterday, oh. two receptions, 118 yards, and a touchdown. <laughs> that's a that's a heck of a, a stat line there. But uh, he, he may get some, some room in my starting lineup here moving forward. Uh, because the Raiders get the biggest win of the day, perhaps the biggest win of the year to this point uh, for anyone, because they beat the defending champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, and they did it in 
quite frankly, some pretty impressive fashion here. I know the final score was 40 to 32, but my goodness, the Raiders just kind of went in, took care of business. Derek Carr, I mean, 347 yards, three touchdowns. Josh Jacobs had a couple touchdowns as well. Um, this was just, I mean, obviously, Dylan, you and I picked the Raiders. I mean, come on, we're not we're not going to lie, <laughs> we're not going to lie about our picks here. But uh, no, in all seriousness, I mean, it was. Um, you're just watching that game, and you're thinking, is this really like? Are the Raiders really doing this? And I mean, it was just, you know, we've seen a lot of, and that was one of the things I thought of. I was like. We we know, like we knew what to expect with this season. There were going to be some crazy things that happened. We've seen a lot of those thus far, uh-huh. um, and this was just, I think, another one in, in the long line of them that we've seen to have a game like this where you just never really know what you're going to get this season because, I mean, it's not, and I'm not saying this wouldn't happen in any other season, but the dynamics are just so strange this year that uh-huh. um, I think we're going to see more types of results like this, and as we've said, we've already seen a lot of weird games. Yeah, maybe if the Chiefs had their home field advantage, it could have played a role. Uh, but again, just the Raiders' offense has, since even even in their losses, has looked really good. The bigger issue for them has been getting stops on defense. They still continue uh, game after game. I don't know what the exact average is, but they haven't given up less than 20 points in any game this season, uh, mm-hmm. often over 30 points. So, man... Uh, I still gave up over 30 to my home, so you know you're going to have to score to beat them. But I thought the defense in the second half after, you know, a really uh, kind of Big 12-esque first half giving up 24 <laughs> points to only give up one touchdown, uh, you know, right there at the end of the game for their defense. I thought they bounced back really, really well in the second half. For the Chiefs, the bigger concern in the offense for me was this defense that has looked really pretty strong early in the season coming and facing, again, a really good tough Raider offense and just not getting it done, not getting it done on third down, giving up a couple fourth down conversions. They forced the one turnover, but overall the Raiders kind of did whatever they wanted, man. So it was, it was a really fun game um, for the Raiders. You're feeling, if you're a Raider fan, you're feeling at least good about the positive direction of the offense. The defense is still a concern, but Hey, they're young and maybe they'll come along. And again, that extra wild card spot, it's really, especially in the AFC, I feel like it's really up for grabs. Maybe the Raiders are a team that deserves to be in that conversation a bit more. And for the Chiefs, too, I know we kind of talked after they won some of these early season games about, hey, maybe they can uh, have a shot at going undefeated. It's just, I know it's this weird season, but overall, it's just, it's 16-game season against uh, against NFL competition. It's going to be so hard to do that. And this game kind of demonstrates that. There's always kind of these weird games. You look back, Super Bowl champion wins whoever it is, but you look back over their schedule and you're like, man, how did they lose that game? This could end up being like one of those for the Chiefs. Yeah, Raiders get a bye this upcoming week, and they're back on the field for the the 2002 Super Bowl rematch uh, with uh, the Raiders and the Bucks. So that was in prime time uh, on on NBC, the Sunday night game. So that should be interesting uh, to have that one, and uh, we'll see if uh, the Raiders can grab another. Big victory there against uh, another uh, star quarterback in Tom Brady and Bucks. But before we talk about the rest of the games, let's talk about Indeed, because uh, even though sports had a break, your business did not. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever, and Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely 
to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. All right, let's talk about uh, some of these other games uh, here, Dylan, as the dogs get stirring around in the background here. Apparently they're excited about the Texans and the Jaguars because um, this was a game that, uh, you know, coming in, I, I don't really think this was uh, one that a lot of people were going to be necessarily talking about as uh, anything huge to come away from, even after the Bill O'Brien firing. But at least the Texans were able to get their first win. Uh, they went at 30-14 there, and now we've got two 1-4 teams in the AFC South, but, uh, I mean, we kind of said it going into this game. I, I don't really, you know, I don't really know what you take away from the Texans being the Jags, but uh, the biggest question for the Texans moving forward is just, you know, who's their next head coach going to be? Because I think at this point in the season, I know we're only five games in, but we're not exactly looking at the Texans probably as a playoff team. Yeah, this is the classic, you, know, you move on from your coach and everyone rallies around the interim coach for you know, Cornell and yep. get that victory. And, yeah, the Jags, again, excited about them early in the season. And it was like, wow, these guys actually look a lot better than I thought. And they're kind of falling back to our preseason expectations, especially <laughs> on defense. They're really, really young. They have a lot of talented guys. But it's just it's too it's just not going to happen this season. Uh, a couple turnovers there for them. And Texans, yeah, they protected the ball really well. Never really felt – uh, like they were really in danger of losing. I know early in this game it wasn't like a blowout by any means, but they kind of felt like they were in control. Good for Deshaun Watson and them to get a win, but, man, I I still don't – yeah, what do we really learn about the Texans? <laughs> it's more about the future and still worried about their overall depth. No matter who's there, they're going to have a lot of work to do because, yeah, it's, it's Deshaun Watson. There's uh, you know a lot of talented players, but uh, depth-wise I still have lots of concerns for Houston. There were several games like that. It seems like this week is like you had teams get wins, and it's just like, eh, but what do they really mean? Like, they don't really mean anything, and that's kind of how it felt for some of these teams. Uh, by the way, we both did pick the Texans, and that's then that one. We also picked uh, the Ravens to beat the Bengals, which uh, that is what happened uh, with the Ravens getting a 27-3 to uh, victory. Not a good day for Joe Burrow fantasy owners like myself, who pretty much had no other choice but to play him. Um, kind of knew it would be one of those days for Burrow. And uh, I know he mentioned kind of after the game some of the things that he saw. Felt like he needed to get the ball out quicker and just, uh, you know, kind of make those those quick decisions a little bit better. And against a team like the Ravens, I mean, you're a rookie quarterback. You're on the road. Uh, Bengals didn't score a field goal until late in that game. This was just a dominant performance from the Ravens, as you would expect. Um, and, you know, again, <laughs> what, do you, what do you really learn from the Ravens here? I don't know. Uh, for the Bengals, I don't think we ever expect them to go in and win a game like this. Uh, we knew it was going to be kind of some ups and downs there uh, for Burrow and company. Yeah, I'm going to remember this game as a shutout because the Bengals, yeah, that field goal came on fourth down <laughs> yeah. with like under a minute left, down 27-0, like <laughs> kicking a field goal there and then kicking off. It was just like a surrender. Yeah, yeah. the Ravens, man, I mean, their defense, some of the games this year have not looked insanely well. This was obviously not one of them, just like week one against the Browns. Now in the division, man. 
let me see, do this real quick. Yeah, they're six in the division, and they're two two and zero in the division. But the Baltimore Ravens have outscored their opponents sixty five to nine. It's not not bad. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize before the game that Patrick Queen and uh, Joe Burrow had a kind of a beef going back to their time at LSU, and Patrick Queen obviously getting the the yeah. better of him with uh, some of his hits, but then also uh, obviously with the the return on the on the fumble, I believe it was. So yeah, man, they dominated on defense. Burrow got knocked around. I was just glad that he was able to fight through it. I know he's such a tough guy, but man, it was, it was pretty brutal to watch after some pretty promising performances from the Bengals. They were kind of leading up to that, that win uh, a week ago, but man, it, it fell right back to reality here against the Ravens team that, yeah, outside of that game against the Chiefs, we've seen they're, they're just as dominant as they were last year so far. The offense is starting to click. Maybe uh, even it could be a little scary that the fact that their offense isn't maybe operating on all cylinders yet, Cincinnati's defense may be, again, a bit better this season than so far than we kind of anticipated, but nonetheless, a dominant win for Baltimore and just more of the same for them. Yeah, unfortunately for the Atlanta Falcons, uh, it was was, uh, more of the same for them as well. And uh, the Falcons have officially, I think, hit rock bottom now. They're 0-5. They fired coach, GM, cleaning house. Arthur Blank has decided Dan Quinn's out. Uh, Thomas Dimitrov's out, and uh, the Falcons are essentially starting over, which, again, we think about the Jags and sort of how close they were to making the Super Bowl not too long mm-hmm. ago. The Falcons were there with a, of course, you know, we know what the lead was. I'm not going to mention it. I want to upset Falcons fans. But they had, a, they had a sizable lead in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, and um, we, we know how things have gone for them since then. And so, I mean, at this point, you know, I, this is not unexpected. I, I, we kind of had a feeling, and I think we probably would have brought this up. Uh, I, By the way, I picked the Falcons to win this. You picked the Panthers, so you get the edge there in this one. But I think we probably would have brought up the fact that if the Falcons would have lost this game, we could have seen there being a change probably after. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. that's exactly what happened. I mean, again, I, I think as that game was going on, you got there late, knew the Panthers were about to win. It was just a matter of time. Like, we, we knew that the change was going to be made because – uh, you look on the other side, I mean, we we literally thought the Panthers could be a team that could compete, you know, for that first pick in the draft type scenario. Maybe not to the extent uh-huh. of the Jets and the Giants, uh, but, I mean, they're sitting here now at 3-2, and two, and as we're saying, the Falcons are 0-5. Um, I don't know exactly where the Falcons go from here. I know there's lots of names that will be thrown around, um, you know, and I know a lot of people are making some, some stuff about Raheem Morris being the one taken over as the interim mm-hmm. and, and being the defensive guy, which that has certainly not been a bright spot for him. But um, anyway, you slice it. I mean, would they have had any more confidence with Dirk Cutter there based on his tenure with the Bucks? Probably not. So I don't really make much of the, the interim situation there. But, I mean, for the Falcons, this is, again, we're five games in, but this is essentially probably a lost season uh, at this point. And I don't know where the Falcons go from here because they're, they're next hire. I don't know. Do they go offense? Do they go defense? Because uh, at this point, they're struggling on both sides. To be honest with you. Yeah, it's that, that was the, that was basically the big takeaway for me was we know they kind of a disaster on defense this year, but man, the offense was brutal. And but they're also running the ball well. They averaged over six yeah. yards a carry, and, and it was just like the same kind of story of these teams that the Panthers keep beating. Where I'm watching the games, I'm like, you guys got to just stick <laughs> to running the ball. Like you can really handle this but Carolinas give them credit I obviously the, the offense the last few weeks has really been clicking with Bridgewater under Matt Rule and Joe Brady there and man they I, I know they haven't beaten like a, a really <laughs> tough slate of teams in the Chargers Cardinals and Falcons but give them credit like you said we we thought they were going to be pretty bad and here they are without McCaffrey doing this all without their yeah. their uh, superstar they just paid and 
I mean, the, they look really balanced. They, I mean, obviously, DJ Moore gets a long touchdown, but good to see him have a solid performance. Robbie Anderson, eight receptions on 13 targets. Talk about something that I, was not, that I was not predicting fantasy-wise, that kind of target share. Um, I know Atlanta's defense is brutal, but, man, I, I, I like you say, for them, where does this go? I, I'm not too worried about the interim guy being a defensive guy. It's, that's not really – I don't think there's any expectation he's going to be there long term. Um, there's a lot of talent still, but, like, I don't know. Like, out of the coaching jobs that, you work, that we're going to be talking about after the season, assuming these aren't, like, filled midseason by actual, uh, you know, oh, head yeah. coaches, I want – I'm really – like, I thought – like initially when I going into the season, I'm like, all right, what are going to be the jobs available? This one seemed like one. And then I thought, you know, how, where would I rank that among the jobs I think would be the most desirable? And I really, right now I'm not, I don't, I'm not sure it's as high as I thought it was maybe just five, six weeks ago. Yeah. Like I, there's a lot of fixing to do. Uh, you know, obviously the, they have guys that have been proven winners that have won really big games, had great performances, but I mean, Matt Ryan, I, I know he won an MVP and he looked fantastic in you know, time with Shanahan and has a, many other points, but I, he still puts up a good amount of yards fantasy-wise. But man, he, he's just—I don't know. Like I, I know that they're—they have other issues, the offensive line is issues, but he really in the early part of this season, I'm concerned about where he is long term. Um, that, that that is one reason why they're slipping in terms of uh, the, the spots that I think for uh, coaches will be a really desirable place to be. Yeah, I feel like they're heading into a rebuilding phase here, and that's the thing is they've lost so many games the past several years. It's like, haven't they already been in it? But no, they haven't. Like, they really – they've been in a team that, again, thinking we, we thought they could actually win some games. And so I think they're just going to have to completely overhaul some things, and um, they're, they're going to be a team that's probably kind of struggling there maybe for the next couple of seasons. But it's not like they don't have talent. It's just uh, they, they've got to make some, some pretty drastic changes there in Atlanta. Well, I don't know if this team's going to make some changes, but um, they're they're not sitting in a good spot. But, of course, this team can maybe kind of uh, talk about what the Falcons had a year ago and maybe even two years ago with the injuries on defense. But even then, you don't think the 49ers should be giving up 43 points at home to the Miami Dolphins. But that's exactly what they did. And uh, I don't even know where you start here. The Dolphins put up 30 in the first half. Preston Williams, my guy, is officially back. He's tired of everybody running him down. He's tired of all the critics. Four receptions, 106 yards, and a touchdown. Good thing I didn't drop him in my fantasy league. I almost did, but I kept it. I kept the belief. And uh, I mean, who needs two of when you got Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing for 350 <laughs> yards, three touchdowns? Um, man, I don't even know where you start here. Jimmy G get, hits the bench. Huh. Like what a what a mess for the Niners right now. Yeah, it's it's pretty insane to think about. You know, not just the, the amount of points they gave up. That was in large part to their what their offense did. But Super Bowl curse. That, that's that's the. Yeah. I mean, we joked before the season, and I I, yeah. I know I ended up picking the Niners to win the division. But I was saying like how I kind of was leaning Seattle at first, and I ended up changing it. And I just was worried, and you know, not about their overall depth and what they're going to be able to do. But it's just it's really hard year to year to and year like the teams don't do with the Patriots and then even the Saints really to be honest have done lately in terms of just consistently winning games and still putting up 11 12 wins it's just uh, and obviously the Niners are 13 last year it's it's really hard it's not yeah. like I and I get that they're they've had really bad injuries on defense uh, but on offense man like and I know there's some issues they've had there but this especially this game I was like how are you guys not 
putting up more points against Miami. I'm sorry. Like, I know the Dolphins are we're really happy with the culture they're building and the strides they took last season and even how they've looked in some of the losses earlier this year. But, man, they should not have been domin- dominating the 49ers up front like that. And even after – and that's partially to blame to Garoppolo. But, nonetheless, yeah. it just wasn't pretty. They still ran really the ball well, but the game got so out of hand because they kept just tossing the ball back to Miami – it was, it was over at halftime, and it was really it yeah. was just incredible to watch. I was like, I it was kind of hard to fathom what I was seeing. It it was definitely more shocking than even that game years ago where the, the Bills were like 18 point underdogs to the Vikings. <laughs> I think it was Josh Allen's rookie year, and the the Bills went into Minnesota and won. Like this game was way more surprising to me. Just that like you could have told me, hey Miami will find a way to like eat this one out in like kind of a low scoring game, and sure, but man, 43 points like. And I, I know I'm giving most of the blame on the Niners' offense and their struggles, but the defense, I, I get you have these injuries, but you have, like, is it really going to be that big of a difference? That you're, this is the Miami Dolphins, and I get Fitzpatrick has these games, right? <laughs> Where, I mean, he almost has a perfect passer rating, and he looks great. And uh, Obviously, like you mentioned, Preston Williams, fantastic. Gusecki looked good. Miles Gaskin, like all these guys look solid, but come on. You, you guys were just one of the best few defenses in the NFL I know Nick Bosa is, uh, we talked about uh, before the season, possibly a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year, but holy crap, they! I, I need to like kind of look, take a closer look, I feel like, at this game because it's still, like, watching it, there's only three games afternoon, so I'm able to kind of focus more in on it. And it was just, it became more and more shocking every minute went by. I was like, how the heck are, is this <laughs> happening? This is like, it was just it was just nonstop, nonstop. 30 points at halftime, like, come yeah. on. No, I mean, talk about, like, Robert Sala. Like, he was, I mean, he was such a hot name as, uh, you know, a head yep. coaching candidate. And the thing is, is, even if this is not necessarily all his fault, like we said, with the injuries and such, but still, like, what's this not going to be at the end of the season if this trend continues? Like, it's not going to be anywhere near where it was last year. Um, so, I don't know. That's that's an interesting dynamic there for the Niners here moving forward because they're in that division. We talked about how tough that division is. Um, and just at this point, I mean, you, you know, I think they're clearly behind the Seahawks and the Rams uh, in terms of where they're at. And, you know, if the Cardinals can get their act together and be a little more consistent, they could be behind the Cardinals as well. So uh, we'll see what happens with the Niners. Uh, lots to figure out there for them. And the same can probably be said for the Dallas Cowboys at this point. They do get the 37-34 win against the Giants. Um, but, of course, the story of this game was Dak Prescott's injury, and, uh, man, just I don't even know what you say because it was uh, brutal and, you know, unfortunately uh, a case of a television network uh, zooming in maybe at the wrong spot because um, it was clear as day that uh, you saw him sitting there. And just that image, I think, Dylan, of him just sitting there and you're yeah. seeing basically his entire ankle, that mm-hmm. part of his leg, turn the opposite direction. Um, it was it was gruesome and it was not pretty. Uh, obviously, uh, you don't expect him back uh, this season. We know that. Uh, biggest question is just for him moving forward, probably at this point. Um, and as for what's next for the Cowboys, I think we had already pretty much saw that that with all the injuries they've had, and mm-hmm. I mean they've had just gosh so many injuries already this season. We kind of knew that this team was just not. On paper, what the team was going into the season, we thought they could be. Obviously, for me, someone picking the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. like the Super Bowl. Uh, but you know, yes, they they can probably still get to the playoffs this year, even without Dak on the field. But that's just a product of their division being uh-huh. terrible. Uh, I just, you know, it's just a completely different dynamic now. I guess the one thing you can say is that Andy Dalton has so many weapons to work with. That's at least a positive, but. 
Uh, it just it completely changes the dynamic of the Cowboys. Yeah, I definitely was impressed with the way Andy was able to come into a, such a tough situation right after that. I mean, yeah, it was. It took any <laughs> with the fans there in Dallas, they've been able to have somewhat of an app, you know, pretty solid atmosphere. All things considering, yeah. and man, talk about a building! It felt like as if the whole place was full of people. They were just dead silent. It was it was really hard to watch like live, just watching the game. And they, like you said, they they kind of just showed him. And Dak immediately kind of was calm all things considering yeah. how terrible yeah. the injury ends up being being a compound fracture um luckily i guess he's wearing all the the padding on his legs so we for uh visual in terms of it still was just as bad as it possibly could be though uh with all that padding still because yeah there's no way to to hide the seriousness of the injury i, I love tony romo but when he said the that he thought was hoping it was a cramp i was like come on man like oh. that that it was just like that. Look at yeah. that! Come on, man. But the emotion on his face, everything. I, you know, happy for Dallas and the, uh, their fan base that they're able to still get out a win. But really, feel mostly for Dak. I'd all at least so far, the it seems like the operation went well last night, and that uh, you know, no like complications. Hopefully, yeah. as you've seen with other compound fractures, you think about Alex Smith's injury, obviously different, but uh, nonetheless still a compound fracture, and there's the infection that really ended up playing a big role, so hopefully they can avoid that, and he'll be able to still just be as strong when he does come back. Uh, but yeah, just focusing on this, <laughs> on the actual team now moving forward, uh, yeah, they might win their division, like you said, just, but that's that's not really saying much. Their defense is still really, really bad. I know they give up seven points on a pick six on a drop there that, that goes into Fackrell's hands, but uh, they still give up 27 points as a unit to a really bad, really brutal Giants offense. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, they, they have weapons, and Andy Dalton's not – we've seen that he can be a pretty solid quarterback when he has the right situation around him now. You know, they have had injuries along the offensive line. Yeah. Those things are also going to be a, a factor. It's going to be a really interesting season to see what Dallas does. Um, I, you know, I don't know if winning a division, what that really means, but – uh, when your ultimate goal going into the season, as we thought they'd have a chance to be in the Super Bowl picture, now it's just even if Andy's able to make it work, it's just really hard to see with the injuries and that defense is just still not getting it done against teams like the Giants. Well, obviously we never expected this kind of circumstance, but I do think we did mention when they made that signing in the off season, we were like, well, you know, you look at the state of yep. backup quarterbacks in the in the NFL, and we were like, you look around a lot of these teams and. Starter goes down, man, and you're just like, what in the world are they going to do? Mm-hmm. But at least in this situation, I mean, you've got someone who's played in playoff games, like he's been in the NFL for so long, and I mean, you know, I think at least that's a, that's good for them. I mean, if you can find any sort of you know bright spot out of the situation, at least you've had someone who, you know, has also had a pretty nice cast around him throughout his career, and so. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like it's, you know, even with the Bengals, I mean, those those Bengals teams underachieved, but it wasn't for a lack of talent on offense because they always had some pretty good talent there on offense. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. But like we said, I mean, they, they're probably still going to find a way some, to win some games, but their defense is just bad. Um, and I don't know. Like, that division's bad, though, too. So, uh, maybe they're able to get the eight wins and still win the division because that may be all it takes, really, uh, when you think about it. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's talk about the Browns. Uh, this is at least uh, one of my picks that's uh, looking okay at this point. Uh, so I picked them to be the, the surprise team of the NFL, and clearly we were a year too early on the Browns because they moved to 4-1, and one, uh, 32-23 win against the Colts, and the Browns are looking pretty good right now. I know Nick Chubb's been out, but Kareem Hunt, that's another thing we talked about, backup situations and having guys mm-hmm. – 
um, around the depth. And I mean, look, I mean, there's the running back position for the front, the Browns, not bad at all. When you've got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt there um, doing their thing, and I mean, this was this was kind of that game to me. And and we did we both picked. Uh, wait a minute, I picked the Browns. You picked the Colts yep. to win this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was another uh, we we split on that one, but. This was sort of, to me, a, a prove-it game. Like, if the Browns won this game, I, you know, now I'm like, all right, all aboard. Like, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's, let's <laughs> just, this is going to be a, a winding road. We know it's probably going to end in disappointment, but I'm ready. Like, let's just jump on the bandwagon. I'm ready to go now with the Browns because uh, I, you know, if they come out and win this game against the Steelers, it's a, it's a much different dynamic. But I think even winning this game against the Colts, uh, very impressive for this team. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. They came out really hot. I know in the second half they kind of sizzled down, and Baker had took that really tough hit. It sounds like he's going to be okay. But yeah. still, yeah, really impressed. Like you said, the depth, and uh, obviously with Kareem Hunt's play. But, I mean, this offensive line, you talk about night and day from last season, not just – I mean, last year they were run blocking so well. But even Baker has looked okay at certain points. But his own, like, PFF grades and everything are actually lower than last year, which is just showing that the, the talent around him is what's really elevating that offense. I thought the defense played pretty well yesterday. It maybe it was a little bit of Phillip Rivers <laughs> getting near the end of the line. There were some throws and some decisions where I was like, man, Phil, you're yeah. definitely, <laughs> it's definitely showing your age a bit there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe maybe that's part of the con- uh, concern for the Colts. Their defense did bounce, again, back in the second half pretty well, um, but it was kind of too late at that point. And I'm just more concerned now, you know, without a, a real guy at the top of the ship that's going to be able to play really elite football. I just don't think that's going to be uh, from Phillip. Hopefully, for his sake, he bounces back over the course of this year. But, yeah, man, for the Browns, we talked about them as a – we didn't pick them to make the playoffs, but we, we yeah. mentioned on that episode preview in the season, we're like, that's the one team that is probably right there on the cusp. And now, yeah, you, you keep racking up these wins against – after that brutal opening game where you're like, man, same old Browns, right? But then they, they take care of business. I know the, the first couple wins against the Bengals and, and Washington aren't that – uh, not much to say about those in terms of the quality of the opponent, but Dallas and the Colts, I mean, it was, especially the Colts, this is definitely their signature win so far. Yeah, you mentioned a huge test next week against Pittsburgh, but after that, <laughs> they got five five really winnable games against the Bengals again, the Raiders, who, yes, their offense is looking good, but still it's the Raiders, the Texans, the Eagles, the Jags. Like, man, they you, you talk about a team that could be, at the very least, like seven and, uh, was that seven and three, something like that? Like, it's... I don't know, man. Like <laughs> the Browns, especially with that extra playoff spot, we could definitely be talking about as a playoff team. I don't think they're on the Ravens level clearly how they <laughs> how they fared against them in Week One, but man, and I uh, definitely a night and day from last season in terms of how they're coming out week to week, playing a lot better. And the defense, even though it has some cracks, it still it still looked alright, and I still think it's going to be enough for them to stay in this picture, especially with that schedule coming up. If they take care of business. Look out. Well, in Week Fifteen. At the Giants, week 16 at the Jets. Oh, how much better does it get than that? So, I mean, that's maybe nine wins right there. Like, and then you, yeah. you know, you beat the Steelers or the Ravens or Titans or something like that. Like, dude, this, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to hold back my optimism here because we, we've been down this road before, but uh, I'm willing to, to give the Browns at this point uh, a lot of props yeah. for what they've done. Uh, all right, let's talk about uh, the game that I feel like, for some reason, we just – I feel like every single year the Vikings and the Seahawks play a primetime game on some network. Um, I feel like we've seen this five years in a row, and I, I'm probably yeah. wrong on that, but I swear I think they've played every single year since 1989 or something um, <laughs> on primetime. <laughs> I mean, it honestly, it feels like the game is in Seattle every year, too. Like I don't know what yes. it is, but uh, maybe that's just my memory. But 
Vikings fall to one and four. Seahawks still undefeated. Twenty-seven, twenty-six. Russell Wilson doing his thing. Um, probably, you know, even in that situation late in that game, if you're watching that game, I still think you're probably thinking Seahawks part. They're about to score a touchdown here. Like you know, just feel it. Like at some point, you're like, let's think about the Vikings. They're they're on the road here. They've struggled. And you're just like, Russell Wilson's got the ball. I mean, it's just what you expect. Like, that's why he is a leader for the MVP at this point. I would say, Dylan, uh, maybe we're on different pages here, but I think it's clearly Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers at this point. Um, you know, and I, I mean, obviously we throw Patrick Mahomes in there. I mean, this guy's, even though they lost that game. But, I mean, those two guys, when we think about kind of where they're at now, um, man, Russell Wilson just – unbelievable like you think about the second half that they had here they put up to all 27 of their points in the second half mm-hmm. um and for the vikings just another another frustrating loss in a game that you feel like you should have won yeah especially this one after yeah dominating the first half they were in complete control i mean the seattle you know if you take into account the sack yardage that takes away from the team's uh team passing yards russell wilson only had four uh passing yards in the first half yeah. which is just ridiculous especially with how badly this minnesota defense has played and this really young defense has played in the early part of the year and in the second half it just yeah it all fell apart they still end up out gaining seattle by almost 150 yards it wasn't enough because yeah russell wilson's just absolutely insane i mean seattle they're up it's the same thing i feel like i'm saying every week i'm like i'm concerned about their defense i'm concerned that you know <laughs> even if russell wilson plays at this level do they have enough on that side of the ball to win games? Like he keeps finding a way no matter, you know, yep. how many fourth downs he has to convert, no matter how many little uh, things he has to make happen. It's it's pretty ridiculous. And to your point, yeah, that's three straight years now that the Minnesota Vikings have lost at Seattle in prime time. All, usually they're in December, the other two games. And yeah. it's kind of crazy. The, Vi- the Vikings haven't beaten Seattle since 2009, which is Ugh. really staggering that's that's when uh brett Favre was still there holy cow so yeah, yeah they've, they've lost uh, including playoffs seven straight times in seattle they really probably thought they were gonna uh, get this one done but yeah just a, a brutal ending for them for minnesota a team that yeah one and four could easily be three and two or even four and one really the packer lost the one that uh really stings uh you know looking at it obviously the colts game too but they this between this and the titans loss you, you take two one-point losses and it's like holy cow i don't know if it's going to be your year yeah uh, so that's what i was wondering i was thinking about just the trend of these two playing i was like are they ever going to play in minnesota like is this, this is like a six-year contract where they just play every game in seattle and then they go back and i don't know so uh we'll see but uh there are the games that have actually happened and of course dylan will quickly run through the games that have yet to be played, because yet again, we've got uh, some shuffling around here of uh, the matchups mm-hmm. when we think about it. And of course, as we know, one game's not going to be played. That's the Patriots and the Broncos. That game has yep. been moved back. Uh, so we know that uh, has been one that has been adjusted. The Saints are still going to play the uh, they're still going to play the Chargers on Monday night. Obviously, you'll be listening to this podcast after the game's over. So we'll just make uh, our quick picks here, Dylan. Uh, obviously, I'm picking the Saints. I'm sure you're picking the Saints as well. The biggest thing heading into this one, I don't really expect much from the Chargers here, but uh, the fact that my man Michael Thomas, my first uh, pick in the in the fantasy football draft, um, is out here just uh, doing, you know, just just attacking teammates. Come on, man, I, I need him back yeah. on the field, but uh, this this is not helping. <laughs> yeah, I'm picking the Saints as well. Uh, I do feel bad for you and your uh, in your fantasy man. there with Michael Thomas. Uh, he gets healthy and then isn't even going to be on the field. It's pretty uh. ridiculous. But yeah, man, I. I mean, the Chargers have – how am I going to really pick the Chargers here? Yeah, like, come they, on. They, they win that game, uh, you know, early in the season against the Bengals. But now 
balance three straight losses where you honestly felt like they probably could have or should have won at least two of those. And I, I just, yeah, the Saints have, after, you know, kind of a tough start, they bounce back with uh, finding a way to win that game against the Lions. I think they'll just get the job done. I'm, you know, they've still uh, really performed really well in offense. The defense has definitely come along. They're a team that, you know, they still have given up a lot of points. I think this will be the game where the defense kind of makes a statement on Monday night. Um, but, yeah, the, the story is still that Michael Thomas thing for me. I'm like, how, like how, how is that? How can that happen? You finally are, you know, healthy, and now yeah. you can't get into an issue like that. Like, that just how, – how does that happen, man? Hopefully he'll be back for you in a, the following mm-hmm. week there. I told you. I'm throwing this fantasy football season out the window. I'm done with it. Um, and I don't even think I'm I, – well, I have a feeling I'm probably going to lose in our clutch points league. I'm up, like, I don't know what it is, like 30 or 35, and I think whoever I'm playing has uh, Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's got, like, three players. So – um. Yeah, Michael Thomas, man. Just uh, come on, get together. All right, we're picking the Saints here. Let's talk about the Bills and the Titans. Let's talk about just unreliable fantasy. I would want to be someone sitting in a league, which uh, in the family league, there, there's someone that has four. He has four players in this game, and the rest of the players on his bench uh, that aren't on by all from the Titans or the Bills. So um, oh. I don't know what he's going to do here. Like if they don't, if they wind up not playing this game, but as of right now, it's scheduled, and, and I think probably at this point, uh, it seems like they're going to move forward playing this game on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Bills, Titans. Um, I I don't know, man. I, it's not anything to do with their on-field product, but I cannot trust the Titans again at this point. I'm back to not trusting them um, because of everything that's been going on here. So I'm going to pick the Bills in this one. I just think the Bills have been the better team overall. These have obviously been two really good teams at this point. Mm-hmm. But I don't – I just don't know what to expect from the Titans after this – what has happened over the past couple weeks here. Uh, because, again, let's remember this team has basically been off for a couple weeks. And uh-huh. I, I don't really know what we're going to get from them here. Yeah, I still think the Titans are a playoff team, but I've kind of talked about on this podcast, you know, they've won they're 3-0 with all of those games by combined six points. It's like the opposite yeah. of the Vikings of those two losses that they have. Yeah. So, I yeah, I have the Bills winning as well. I just really feel great about where their offense is right now. They've, you know, through four weeks have just excelled, and Josh Allen looks, I don't know, I, there's some talk that maybe he could be on the periphery of a – of an MVP uh, conversation. I mean, he's, he's put up the, the performances for it. I don't know if that's quite the case for me, given, yeah, like you talk about Russell Wilson's kind of on his own uh, level right now with the, the performance and the victories he's racking up. But, yeah, Buffalo, man, I, I think the defense still uh, has a lot to be desired from the last few weeks. I don't think it's an easy matchup with the Titans. I think it's going to be a close game. But uh, with all the time the Titans have been off, with where Buffalo's uh, been going, I, yeah, I'll pick the Bills. But I do think this is going to be a – for a Tuesday night game after uh, the gets moved back and the Titans missed that whole week. Uh, you, you expect it maybe to be sloppy, but I think it's going to end up being a really fun game. They'll probably have an exciting finish uh, regardless of who wins. Yep, we'll see what happens there uh, with that one. But uh, as we as we know this year, NFL schedule pretty much all over the place. Uh, who knows? Lots of changes are already being made because of that Patriots uh, Broncos being switched around. And, of course, just lots of contingency uh, plans in terms of uh, what schedules could look like. But, yes, we will have Tuesday night football with two undefeated teams. Uh, who would have thought uh, in the, the 2020 NFL season? But there you go. Uh, there's a look at uh, the action from uh, week five, uh, the ones that have been played this far. And, as we said, still a couple left to go. But, Dylan, uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on for Clutch Points, keeping up with all the stuff going on in the NFL. And, of course, keeping up with the Los Angeles Lakers grabbing uh, yet another NBA championship yes. and baseball playoffs. Uh, your Dodgers just got all sorts of stuff going on over clutch points. 
yeah, you can follow the rest of the MLB playoffs. Astros uh, currently losing to the Rays right now. And then, yeah, my Dodgers, your Braves going at it pretty soon in the NLCS. That'll be a good time. You can follow those in the app. You can follow all the NFL games in the app. Yeah, no more NBA games to follow, but we still have all of our NBA content following free agency, which is going to start yeah, before we know it. I think it starts in the next week here, uh, yeah. draft in about a month. So we'll have all of that content covered. Um, you can go to clutchpoints.com as well to the NFL section for all of our NFL content there. Search fantasy football. We'll have, even though uh, at least in ESPN leagues, I know the waiver wires are moved back a day uh, because of that Tuesday night game, but yeah. we'll still have our waiver wire article coming out tomorrow um, and all that good stuff. So you can just search fantasy football on the website for all of our fantasy content. And yeah, excited for at least uh, now it's, it's going to feel weird with all these uh, these uh, having a Tuesday night game too. It's going to feel like there's football every night. It's almost like the it's like action. It's like the we got some Mac football here on a Tuesday. Yep, we'll see uh, what happens. Uh, just man, it's uh, it's a strange year for sports. A strange year overall, but it's a, it's a strange year for sports too, as we know. So uh, check all that out over Clutch Points. Uh, clearly, the dogs in the background here want you to check it out because they are losing their minds. Uh, but uh, for everything else, uh, obviously subscribe to the podcast. Any podcast app you use, uh, you can find it on there. And uh, thanks, as always, too, to find folks at, at Blue Wire for all that they do. And thank you, as always, for listening. And we'll talk to you next time here on the Establish the Past podcast. Let's talk to you about our friends at Bet Online. Uh, NFL games moving all over the place, but uh, the best way to get in on the action, no matter when the games are played, is at Bet Online. Uh, the wait is over, football's back, and while you may not be at a game this year, you can still be on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today. And start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head on over to Bet Online today and take full advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget, use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.